Super Talk Mississippi media production. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by J. Allen Toyota and AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome to Coast View, the show that celebrates every single day the people who join, make Coastal Mississippi such an amazing place to live, work, and play. Hey, we've got a great show today. We're going to be joined uh, in the first half by Lee Bond, the executive director of Singing River Health Systems. Got a call just before we started the show, say it's going to be a slight delay. Uh, hopefully, he'll still join us. If not, we're going, to, we're going to roll anyway. In the second half of the show, we're going to be joined by Scott Waller, who is the president and CEO of the Mississippi Economic Council. I look forward to visiting with him. But before we go any further, let's bring Kyle into the conversation my partner in crime, and uh, just say good morning. How you doing, Kyle? Good morning. Doing pretty good. How about yourself? I'm doing great, man. Hey, did you have an opportunity to do any fishing over the weekend? We did. We went Saturday, and it was... Um, <laughs> you never know what you get when you do pier fishing, and yeah. uh, there were some interesting people out on the jetty on Saturday. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> but you're a, pe- you're a people watcher. That's fun, isn't it? I am, but it got to the point where it was ridiculously stupid, and I was almost annoyed. Um, You know, (laughs) there was families out there that were just really loud and yelling to their whoever they were talking to that's five feet away from each other, and you could hear them all the way up and down the jetty. And then there was other families that were there crabbing, but they were using bait they were using full chickens it looked like that was bigger than any crabs that i've ever seen come out so i don't know what their expectations were i don't know if they thought they were in the bering sea but (laughs) it it was just one of those things so it was crowded and then to top it all off they would throw theirs right directly in front of you from 20 yards to your left they would just throw it straight in front of you i'm like what are you doing so I love that. Hey, listen, I spent the first half of my life pier fishing, man. I I mean, Pensacola, Moses Pier, Courthouse Road Pier. I did it all. But man, you you never know what you're gonna get. You know, pier fishing is like a box of chocolate, isn't it? It really is. You know, we you know, we went uh earlier in the week, we did some after work fishing. I think it was Thursday night, and it was great. Weather was good, cloudy, had a nice little breeze. Found a little hole with some speckle trout, and it was, you know, they were all small, but it was fun. And then we tried to do, go back Saturday and do the same thing. Couldn't get in the exact spot because of the crabbing. And then the other people at the end, it was just, it's just weird. One day it's perfect. The next day it's pandemonium. Well, look, uh, you saw, I shared this with you, but uh, my son Justin was in town from New York City. He'll, he's going to be here for a few days. And he has several friends here with him. They were here for a friend of his is going to be getting married, and they were here kind of enjoying some getting together. Came in from all over the country, but I took them. You know, they they went fishing Saturday, and they weren't planning to fish on Friday. But I got done with the show, and I got got you know I went to a um, went to a, a meeting at the Beau Rivage, and on the way back I checked the weather and said, you know what, we ought to consider going. We didn't leave till like eleven. <clears throat> we went off of Ship Island. We found literally acres and acres of red minnows, and they were just loaded with redfish and jacks, and saw a tarpon. 
Um, and we three times, three times, we had five redfish on it at the same time, three different times. I did see some of those epic. videos. That's uh, that's incredible. That's insane, actually. It was. I mean, literally, you could have thrown a a, a bare you know hook <laughs> into these schools and probably would have been able to catch them. But it was it was. A, I told my son Justin this morning. I said, "Man, it it was one of those moments where it's hard to sort of." recreate that because everyone was happy in the moment they were high-fiving and it was just terrific another great reminder you know i i, I do live in the moment so i don't i don't ever take this for granted but another great reminder that he, living here in coastal mississippi i mean this is literally paradise and um you know that was just one of those great reminders and hopefully i can take you and your son to go do that as well yeah, that'd be great. The the fishing though, that fishing hole, that doesn't happen every time, does it? That's almost the equivalent of, you know, shooting one twelve on the golf course, but you know, <laughs> eagle in the par five eighteenth. You're like, yep, I'm going again. <laughs> Fishing's like that. That's why they call it fishing and not catching. <laughs> it just it's like that. And you're right. You know, from one day to the next. Yep. They, on Saturday, they they looked around for those schools and couldn't find them. It it was interesting because once we found them, they went deep, and then I had them on the had them on the depth finder. You could see the schools of fish, and then you could see you know think uh, wicked tuna. You know when you hear dee 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 dee, right? Where you could look you could look and see the fish coming up, and there were several times when I just told them don't do anything, just drop straight down, just drop straight down, let it hit the bottom, and and work your jig coming back up again. It was like almost automatic. I mean, we had them marked deep. We had it. We could see them on the surface. It was just one of those. Incredible times, really incredible. That's crazy. Hey, listen, yeah, I'm gonna. I, I want to share with you. I got a note this morning from a friend of mine. We graduated from Guppardy's High School. His name is Michael Danke, and Michael went on to do some amazing things in his life. But he, I, I think it's like 26 or 27 years. He worked at the emergency room at Charity Hospital in New York, New Orleans, and uh, he became the head nurse, the head RN for the emergency room. Can you imagine what that looks like? in New Orleans, but he was there during Hurricane Katrina. But he sent me a note that said that he watched in its entirety my show with the fire chief from Biloxi. And he said, he, he, he said, I found I related to a statement about his service and actions during Hurricane Katrina, one of the proudest moments of his life. And he was, what Michael was saying was his time in New Orleans was the same, same thing. But Michael lives in Destin now. Um, and uh, and he takes time to pay attention to what's happening here in, in coastal Mississippi. Gets gets you know gets a lot of the information to keep up with what's happening here through my show Coastview. And this you know this this show's been a great way to to connect with people. Like it's great when we get that feedback, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. It's not all the time you hear of people that move away for whatever reason, whether it's work or they want to uh, just retire somewhere else or whatever the situation is, but they actually still keep in touch with everything that happens in their hometown through different media outlets. And it's great that they use this outlet as the way of keeping up with things. You don't always see that other places. You don't. And, you know, social media has really enabled us, though, to be able to reach out to people like that. So you hear it. I hear it on Facebook a lot. People send me, you know, private messages a lot. They live all over the country and they they're following what's happening here through our show. So not only touching people here in coastal Mississippi, it's touching people who've had to move away, but still want that connection. You know, they didn't have that. You know, they get to watch the news, you know, of course, but you know, to have you know these long conversations about these people who are making a difference in coastal Mississippi, it's a great way to kind of know what's going on. 
and see you know see the specific individuals that are rising to the moment and doing really important things. It's great to see that. Hey, uh, the other thing is um, Jeff Duncan, who is no longer with the Athletic now, he's actually back at NOLA.com at the time speaking of the company that I, I had the opportunity to be president of at one point. And uh, that's how I got to know Jeff. He's covered the Saints longer than anyone else on earth. He's on the Hall of Fame uh, selection committee for the NFL. He's uh, he's written the book on on uh, on Drew Brees and Sean Payton and has done extraordinarily well. But we're lucky to be able to talk to him. He gave us last week the things we ought to pay attention to in that game. But, you know, we had six turnovers in the game. I'm sure that absolutely made Sean Payton go crazy. But there were a lot of things to kind of look forward to, too, man. That that battle between Jameis Winston and, uh, and, and Taysom Hill. You know, I didn't see a clear winner. If anything, maybe Taysom Hill looked a little bit sharper. But what was your read on that? You know, I only caught pretty much some highlights um, because I did go fishing. And I tried to record it. I just selected the wrong channel and it didn't record but uh i did watch some highlights and it almost seemed like in my point of view that's exactly who Taysom hill and Jameis winston were last season they haven't really improved so it's going to be maybe it's just me and me expecting a lot more than you know based on everyone's take on it and how Jameis should be able to do this and Tamus is or Taysom's going to be this. I, you know, I just don't see it yet. Yeah, it's going to, it's going to be interesting. Of course, they, you know, a lot of our stars are sitting on the sidelines for good reason. And, um, you know, we'll see with the, with the shortened preseason game schedule, we'll probably see them kind of step it up next week. And then that third game is going to be really important, but here we are in the moment, and the Saints no longer have Drew Brees, and we're lucky enough to, on a weekly, every Friday, on a weekly basis, to visit with Jeff Duncan as we sort of break it all down. Um, you know, I, I think Jeff's done a great job of kind of giving us a lot of what's going on behind the scenes. But I do think that, that they're kind of neck and neck. I, right now, I think they're kind of neck and neck. And man, we saw some really good play from the defense. I, you know, I, I think we're still concerned about the defensive backs and whether we're going to have enough depth there. Uh, but boy, we got some linebackers coming along. We got some defensive linemen coming along. They were attacking the football. They seemed super fast. Um, that was really good to see. So, you know, it's you know we're getting close to Saint season again, and you're going to be back in the Superdome before you know it, playing that music and. Unfortunately, you were looking forward to having a sort of uh, pandemic-free you know, visit back to the Superdome, but here we are in the midst of uh, uh, Delta, and you're going to have to you know, take that all into account as you go back to the Superdome, aren't you? Yeah, I'll find out what it's going to be like coming Monday night for the first preseason game, and uh, we have about 40 seconds left. You know, defensively, you know, my take, I think we're going to be fine up front and defensive backs. I think, again, same situation, same thing every year. We're going to get burned at the corners. We're going to get burned on the deep ball um, just because of lack of preparation or just losing your mind for a second. I think the corners are going to be what hurts us again. It's going to be interesting. Hey, we're when we come back, hopefully Lee Bond will be joining us, but we're going to talk just a little bit about the message that he's got for Coastal Mississippi. And uh, if he doesn't join us, we'll continue on the conversation. We'll see you after this break. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. 
This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. As I mentioned, uh, we're hoping that Lee Bond, the uh, executive uh, CEO of Singer River Health Systems, is able to join us. But just before the show started, he got called into a meeting. And you can only imagine what these guys are having to deal with. Uh, it's just it's truly remarkable, the leadership they're having to provide in this moment as the Delta variant continues to uh, cause our healthcare professionals to have to go way, way beyond the call of duty is is quite incredible. Uh, and until he joins us, or he may not be able to join us, that's fine. I'm going to be able to share some of the information that he was going to be able to share with us. But let's ask Kyle to come back into the conversation. And you know, Kyle, I, I, you know, we've we're lucky in that we get an opportunity to visit with people like Lee Bond and Dr. Conger and. Um, you know, the Kent Nico over at, over at Memorial Hospital and others, uh, people, first responders that are that are going beyond the call of duty as we speak. But, man, we're lucky in, in coastal Mississippi to have so many dedicated professionals. Um, their, their lives will never be the same again as a result of the of the pandemic. That is for sure. No, you know, this pandemic is going to be one of those landmark events like Katrina, where we've uh, talked to so many people where Katrina shaped their careers and shaped their um, basically their whole trajectory of their life from that point on. And, you know, there's some healthcare workers that are working in this pandemic that were a lot younger in in their childhood during Katrina. So this is going to be that moment that's going to basically shape their future and a lot of them are just headstrong into it and they're going to do everything they can to make the best of it and do what they were trained to do and that's help people and you know we've got to tip our hats to them i thought you know i was looking i'm going to pull it up here just a second but Jeannie nico who is married to kent nico uh at uh, at memorial uh she she said, you know, that the healthcare professionals are going beyond the call of duty. And she lists out, you know, respiratory therapists and doctors and uh, the, the, the custodians. And, all, I mean, you, you know, I think that, that Congress does a good job of helping us remember that it takes a team of people to support these people from the highest administrator, all the people through the administration, and then people on the medical side and the people who are making sure that the rooms are clean and safe and making sure that it's germ-free as possible – uh, man, we, I mean, they, they've just gone beyond the call of duty and we're in a situation where we're lucky to have so many dedicated professionals w- ready to help us. And as Dr. Dodds pointed out, it could be Kyle, it could be another, you know, six to 12 weeks of, of this surgeon. If you just do the math on exponential math, man, we're, we're, we're staring down some really, really difficult days ahead of us. Yeah, I think the newest numbers today, I guess it's a three-day total, just just shy of 8,000 new cases in Mississippi, 52 new deaths over the weekend. So I'm guessing that includes Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, you know, that's still, that that's a large number. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know. Well, the, I, stat, <laughs> the stats tell us that for every 1,000, probably somewhere over 300 are going to end up in the ICU or at least end up in the hospital, excuse me, and then there's going to be a certain number of deaths for every thousand. We're going to continue to see the exponential rise. Now, these are not the latest numbers. This is uh, until last weekend. I, I'm assuming that they'll be posting 
numbers over the weekend for Singing River Health Systems, but Singing River Health Systems had 126 hospitalizations, 34 in the ICU, and 26 of the 34 were on ventilators. And you know what the statistics are for that. I mean, it's not good. Once you get on the ventilators, a lot of people don't, like two-thirds don't get off. Right. It's incredibly difficult. Yeah, that's Average scary. age, Kyle, is 57. 57 years old. And 95% of the people in the hospital now are unvaccinated. Now, of the people who are, are vaccinated in the hospital, the average age is 75. And what we've, what we've learned from Dr. Dobbs and the professionals is that the older you get, the more chances are that when you got the vaccination, the antibodies you know, did not build up properly. And that's why they're saying now that there may need to be, well, there should be a booster shot for certain people. But, man, those are just devastating numbers. And we're seeing that play out all across uh, uh, Mississippi. And in Jackson, they had to open up a, an ICU in the garage there adjacent to UMC. And then recently announced they're going to open up a second facility uh, to you know, essentially uh, to deal with the overflow. But, whew, man, the, the numbers just keep going up, up, up. And we keep learning of people that we know who are incredibly challenged or dying or dead. And it just, it doesn't need to be. As, as Governor, Governor Reese pointed out, this is a vaccination of, uh, excuse me, a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Right. You know, it, and regardless, let's just not even weigh the option of to get vaccinated or get vaccinated what are i guess the question really is if you're not going to get vaccinated you have to think that the chances of con, con, getting covid are much higher what are these people doing to stay safe if they're not getting vaccinated are they still social distancing are they wearing masks or are they just living life like pre-covid times because these numbers just suggest that no one's really taking any precautions well i i think what's happening though i think the numbers this is what i talked about on the gallo show yesterday i think the numbers are beginning to get the attention of people i, I think it's a combination between knowing someone who's struggling or, or knowing someone who died and beginning to see all these numbers start to stack up that you know, what is now their vaccine hesitancy um, is moving from like, you know, vaccine hesitancy slash vaccine hostility to, wait a minute, I might might better take a closer look at this. You know, I can't, I can't help but thank uh, our friend Cal Hatton, who answered my plea to, if you, if you decided not to get the vaccine and then changed your mind, a little post I put at the Coastview site, let me know who you are. And I heard from a lot of people, Kyle, but a lot of these people would not tell me would not let me use their name because they were afraid that they would be ostracized by their friends. But Kyle said, you can use my name. And the story he told was that he had been very compelled by all this information he'd been getting from these anti-vaxxers, et cetera, and finally decided to do his own research. And, you know, where, what he concluded was that the, uh, that the, the downfalls of the vaccine were far outweighed by the negatives of getting COVID. So he decided to get COVID. Unfortunately, he waited too long. That very next day, he got a fever. He has he has asthma. He had to go get the infusion. And, and then his family started to get sick. Oh, man, you know, it's tough. I mean, if we hear it from Dr. Conger, the, the amount of bedside regret, people who wish they had gotten the vaccine and didn't. 
it's a tough situation we're in right now. Yeah, it really is. And I've also found that, you know, amongst the people that have decided to do their own research, a lot of times, from what I've seen, they get their research from the same bowl of Kool-Aid that they've been trying to put everybody else on. So it kind of really doesn't make sense. It, I guess it does in their mind, but I think that's the hardest part about the whole internet thing. And it's so hard to find unbiased research. It's really not. You just have to shape your mind to believing what you really don't want to believe. Yeah. It's, yeah. you know, this is, these are the numbers. We're not making the numbers up. We're not trying to put a spin on it. These are the actual numbers. Yeah, there's there's no doubt. Dave Dave, who's sitting in for um, for Gallo, who, who I visited with yesterday, he made a really good point that you know when you're um, when you you're thinking about heart disease or maybe you're having a heart attack, you don't go do research. <laughs> you go see a doctor. <laughs> so you know the the Facebook doctors and the internet doctors are not really the best people to go rely on at this point. If you have that serious of a doubt about it, then you probably ought to you know get a call into your family physician and have a discussion with him because. As I said so many times, I don't know if this is the actual number, but it's pretty close. 99% of the doctors on earth recommend the best way to fight the pandemic is to get the vaccination. And, you know, one of the things, it struck me what Dobbs said the other day in the press conference with, with Governor Reeves. He said that this is literally word for word. Oh, my gosh, what a colossal communications failure because we allowed misinformation to drown out reality. You know, just saying that the misinformation is killing people. Um Boy, it's just out of control. But I'm, what I'm saying is, though, that there's a compelling case for action when you when it starts to hit closer to home. And that causes people to have a second thought about what they want to do. And you're seeing the vaccination numbers go up. That's the good news. It's just, it, the, the, the problem is they're not going up fast enough. And, uh, and unfortunately, the numbers continue to, like, spiral out of control for those who are getting it. Um, you know, that's just where we are right now, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. We got less than a minute left now. I, I really hate to see the numbers climb like this every day. Uh, in my mind, I think we have ways of combating getting COVID, and, and it just seems like there's more and more people that's not taking the precautions. We're seeing more and more schools closing. We had two more schools in Hancock County close for the next 14 days. They announced it mm -hmm. yesterday, so there's four in Hancock County alone. Um, you know, I just... I hope for the best. I hope everybody, if you don't want to one way or the other, you know, stay safe. That's all, you know. Yeah, no, no doubt. Th well, thank you. And listen, to Lee Bond and his staff, I'm sorry he got hung up, but, um, you know, we've, we made the important point. Governor, Governor Rees has asked for a tremendous amount of reinforcements in the, in the medical community, and hopefully they can get some help in that regard. And uh, we'll keep talking about it as long as, as long as there's someone out there who might listen and change their mind and protect themselves with what the doctors think are the best way to do that, and that is get the vaccination. Thank you, thank you, Kyle. And when we come back, we'll have Scott Waller from the Mississippi Economic Council. See you after this break. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. 
Talk Mississippi Media Production.